Well, good morning, Ocean View, here and online. This is the last in our Why series in April. Questions that we want to ask God. Yeah, the first week, we looked at why am I here and discovered we're here in this planet at this time in history in order to play a small but significant role in God's story. We've got good news for the burdened and battered. Then in our second week, we looked at why would God love someone like me, which was our Easter message, and it brought up two questions. Uh, why would God love someone as bad as me? And we discovered that God is love, and his love covers our sin. And secondly, why would God love someone as insignificant as me? And to our great relief, we found that God's love makes us significant. And we're able to love because he first loved us. Now, our third questions that people ask. It's a hurdle that so many people face before surrendering to God. Why doesn't God seem fair? It often looks something like this. Uh, why do bad things happen to good people? But we really have to turn the question around and remember that God is good. And his perspective on us is that we are not good. We deserve punishment. Romans 6.23 said, For the wages of sin is death. Now that would be fair. But scripture says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Through Jesus the Messiah, good things happen to bad people. And that's good news because God made something good happen for bad people. And it's not about cleaning up your act, but instead it's about come as you are. Because Christianity isn't acting like you have it all together, but admitting that you don't have it together. Jesus died for you so that you could live for eternity. And we have some of those great verses in the Bible that speak about the forgiveness of of God, the cleansing power of Jesus' sacrifice. Isaiah 1.18 looks forward to what Jesus is able to do, and it comes, it's shown by the, uh, by the uh, sacrifices. Come now, let's settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though you are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. 1 John 1.9 said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Jesus, cleansing. We can be clean. Now, I want you to keep these verses in mind as you watch this little video. It's a filming crew that was up in Manning Park during the winter shooting an ad for a washing machine using cold water. Just putting the feeder hose into the back of the machine. We're getting water directly from the lake over there. Is there a blanket or get, some, get like a warm... Hey guys, guys, we've got company. Let's just move away from seven. It's a bear, it's a bear. It's fine, we're fine. Just calmly walk over here. We're fine, you too, sir. Now, please. Let's just give the bear a minute. He's got to move on. Just let the bear be.
chair. I'm sitting in my chair. I couldn't resist doing that. Okay, today is our last and uh, final why question that we're going to look at. Talking about prayer today. We're going to tackle that huge question, why didn't God answer my prayer? If you had a coffee break with Jesus, would you do all the talking or would you be listening? And you might be asking him some why questions. And one of those questions might be, Jesus, why didn't you answer my prayer? You know, the, the issue comes up, if you look in uh, verses like John 14, uh, Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Isn't it amazing that God gives us access to him through prayer? The triune God is active in prayer. We talk to Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, who is our advocate, our lawyer, and it is by the Holy Spirit that our prayers are delivered. But the whole prayer thing often brings tension in my mind, and I'm sure it does in yours as well. You know, when Joshua prayed, the sun stood still. When Jonah prayed, a big, a big fish swallowed him up and carried him safely ashore. When Daniel prayed, starving lions went on a diet. When Dwight Geiger prayed, nothing happens. That's right, nothing. It, it makes me to want to ask God, why? Why is that? And I dare you to be honest. Why does it seem like God answers other people's prayers, but it seems like he doesn't answer all of yours? Chances are there are some of you right now in a faith battle, a crisis of faith. Maybe you're the person who's prayed for years and years and years that God would bring you a spouse. What do you have? No spouse. You wonder what's going on. You might be the wife who's prayed for years and years that your husband would come to know Jesus and would be a little bit more like Jesus. But it seems the harder you prayed, the more he becomes like the devil. And you wonder why. Or you're the parents who's prayed for the child that's living a very dark lifestyle. And the harder you pray and more you believe, the darker their lifestyle gets. You wonder why. Or like so many, you prayed for someone that you loved who was very, very sick. And you believed that they would get better, but they didn't. They got worse, and you wondered why. Nothing happens when I pray. It seems the exact opposite happens. Pray that they get a job, and they remain unemployed for 14 months. You pray for the house to sell. It doesn't sell. You pray for their marriage, and their marriage gets worse. Why? There's definitely a tension. Sometimes God answers prayer. The other times, there's... Uh, well, if you say God answers prayer, and, and really, there is no other explanation. It's way more than co coincidence. 
And you can look at uh, instances in your own life. You can read stories. You can listen to other people. And man, there are times you pray for something that surely appears to be God's will and it happens and, and miraculous things happen. Other times you pray, it seems to be God's will, but it doesn't happen. It gets to be confusing. Then there's the whole other tension. There is another tension here. And that happens, and what happens, when two people, different people, pray for opposite things. It's like in sports. Oh God, help my team to win. Yet the opposing players have a chaplain as well, and they're playing for the same thing. A great illustration here from Pastor Craig Rochelle. Uh, he, he writes that when he was in college... He had a series of answered prayers. He says, I was, a below an average, I was a below average college tennis player on a top-ranked national team. My first two years, I was hanging on just hoping to keep my scholarship. And in my junior year, I became a Christ follower. And I started praying before every match. And believe it or not, I went undefeated my whole junior year. I think what happened was that God was helping me. I just knelt down by the net at the beginning of the match, and my opponent would go, Oh, no, he's got God on his side. I'm toast. So I was beating everybody. I was undefeated. And then I was in the district finals, and I was playing against a guy from Oral Roberts University. If you know anything, Oral Roberts University is a Christian university in the United States. Craig says, I knelt down. I looked up, but he was kneeling down as well. What's God going to do? So I looked over at him and I said, Hey, buddy, I guess we'll see who has more faith. He said, I'm from Oral Roberts University. I've got more faith. I even speak in tongues. So immediately I said, God just gave me the translation of your tongues. And he told me, you're going down. <laughs> and he did. And later on, that guy said, why did not God not answer my prayer? Why is it that God says yes to some prayers, and other times he says no? Why doesn't God answer our prayers? So as we study God's word today, may your faith in God grow larger. I hope that your desire to know him intimately through prayer will also increase. Let's look at some possible reasons why we don't always get what we are praying for. Number one, maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe you have a relationship that is not what God would want it to be, and it's hindering your prayers. Uh, maybe you have a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, a son, a daughter, an old friend, maybe someone from your life, someone from your work. Maybe you have a relationship that's just not where God would want it to be. Look at the words in... Mark 11, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. But don't forget to read the next verse. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against someone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. In other words, before you go asking God for something, make sure you're treating God's children the way God wants you to. You can't say you love God if you don't love one another. That's from the letters of John. Before we act all spiritual, begging God for something, God wants to know if we're loving him by loving his children. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5 says, Before you go to church and act all holy, 
If someone has something against you, stop. Before you go to the altar to offer your gift, if someone's mad at you, stop. Leave your gift. First go and make the relationship right. Then come back and worship God with your gift at the altar. Why doesn't God answer our prayers? Maybe we are not loving him by loving his children according to his principles. Do you remember road trips with your families? I, I do. I remember fighting with my brothers in the back seat of the car. Uh, 1970, we were driving our 65 Chevelle to Saskatchewan. Five kids. It was cramped. And there was lots of needling. I remember my dad saying, settle down or I'll stop this car. A couple of years ago, I was driving along the highway here to pass Ladysmith. We're at Porter's Farm, and I saw a van stop the side of the road. There was a little eight-year-old girl standing out on the side of the road like this. Mom was standing outside like this. <laughs> and it's like, I know what happened. You settle down, or I'm getting... And they were off on the side of the road, and there was a confrontation. You know, I want to give my children what they want, but they don't get what they want unless they're loving one another. Why doesn't God always answer our prayers? Maybe we have a broken relationship. Men, if you come to a church activity acting holy, carrying your Bible, then go home and chew out your spouse with angry words or actions, you should not expect to have your prayers answered. First Peter says, husbands, be considerate as you live with your wives, and treat them with respect so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Maybe I have a broken relationship. Number two, maybe I don't believe that God will. Mark 9, there was a, a father whose son was possessed with an evil spirit, and that spirit was just tormenting this poor boy. And the father did everything possible. He took his boy to all sorts of doctors. And finally, he, he brings them to the disciples. The doctors couldn't help. The disciples couldn't cure them. When the father met up with Jesus a little later, he was just not sure if Jesus could do anything either. And he said, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And you can almost see Jesus going, if? Like Jesus was hurt. If you can, if, if, Jesus said everything is possible for whom? For him who believes. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Now there's a di big difference between believing God can do something and believing that he will do something. Yeah, all things are possible with God. Yeah, he can do that for you, but he probably won't do it for me. Why doesn't God answer all our prayers? Maybe we don't really believe that he will. There's a story that I've heard many times over the years, and I kind of think it might be a legend, but it's got this ring of truth to it. There was a church that was sick and tired of the wild bar down the street. There was partying. There was drinking. They were rowdy. It came right past the church all the time. There was always junk left out in their parking lot every Sunday morning. And the pastor said to his little congregation, he says, we are going to pray this bar out of existence. And all the members started praying, God, run this pub out of business. Three months into their prayers, lightning struck the bar. It caught on fire. It burned to the ground. Now the bar owner was aware of the pastor's prayer plot, 
And so he sued the church for damages. They're in court. The attorneys were asking questions of the pastor. Did you guys pray? The pastor responded, we only prayed. It's not our fault. It didn't burn down because we prayed. It's not our fault. And the bar owner said, yes, 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 it is. You prayed. God answered your prayers. And the pastor said, no, no, it's not our fault. And the judge looked on and he says, am I believing what I am hearing? We have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a church who doesn't. <laughs> Do we as a church really believe in the power of prayer? Sadly, you know, really most of us don't. If we did, we'd spend more time doing it. It would be a priority rather than an afterthought. It would be a passion. We would believe, be believing God for things we read about in his word. Most of us don't really believe. God responds to our faith. Jesus said, according to your faith, it is done for you. Matthew tells a story about two blind guys. They believed that Jesus could heal their blindness. Jesus was passing by, and they yelled out, heal us. Jesus said, you think I really can? And they shouted, yeah, we know you can. Please do it. It says in Matthew 9, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, Will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. Why doesn't God answer our prayers? Well, maybe we have a broken relationship. Maybe we don't really believe that he'll do it. And number three, as much as we want what we want to happen and believe that it is unquestionably best, maybe God has something better. In 1 John 5, 14, it says, this is the confidence we have. Do you want assurance? Do you want something you can hang your faith on? Do you want something that you can trust? This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Here's an amazing thing about God. His will and his way, they are higher than our will and our ways. As much as we want something and believe that it's the best, God loves us enough to sometimes not give us what we really want, but what we really, really need. Imagine if you give your, gave your children everything that they asked for. Let me give you an example. During my first five years of ministry at Souk, we were praying for an expansion of the building. We had a little portable building that was built in the 1960s, and it moved to three locations. Its final location was to put up in Souk. It could seat legally 90 people. But our attendance was at 140. We only became legal when the kids went downstairs to uh, Sunday school. We were in downtown Souk, or as they say in Souk, we were up Souk. Now, the house and lot next door was an old heritage house, and it had been for sale for five years. But we finally kind of came together and said, you know, we should buy that and just expand the church. But it sold the day we put an offer on it. But then, fortunately, the house on the other side of the church went up for sale. 
So we weren't going to get beat out. We quickly got together. We made an offer. It sold the hour before our offer went in. So we said, okay, God's got something better. We'll begin looking for new property. We looked at 12 sites, but they had to have a septic field. We didn't have sewer system at that time, so we needed five acres because we were looking at building a church for 300 people. And all our engineers said we would need a five-acre site. So we finally found one five-acre site after looking at 12 unsuitable sites. It was perfect. It was just up the road from us on Church Road. Our offer was accepted. We had a church meeting to accept the proposal and buy the land. And the next day, the seller backed out. And that was a wave of discouragement went through the congregation. But then the next day, we received a phone call from Pastor Vandeleur from Sioux Christian Fellowship out in the highway. They were closing their Christian school and church after 20 years of ministry. Would you like to buy our property? 4.5 acres. It was already zoned for institutional. It already had buildings on it. It already had a large septic field for the school. The timing wasn't ours. The place wasn't ours. But God had something better. Within one year, the property was paid off. After two years, we had a new building seating 300 people. Thank you, God, for not answering my prayer, but giving me something better. You see, prayer isn't just getting God to do what we want. It is surrendering into what he wants. And sometimes that is in prayer we begin to hone in on what it is that God wants. What is his will? It's just like when Jesus asked for something he wanted and his father said no. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane as Jesus is looking ahead to the torture that he would experience on the cross? What did he say? He said, Father, please don't let me go through this. His words were this, may this cup be removed from me. He was talking about a cup of suffering. Please, God, if there's any other way. But then he said the most awesome prayer ever. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If you've got something higher and better, surrender to it, even if it doesn't seem higher and better at the time. These are tense faith moments. I prayed. God should have answered. He didn't. I don't understand praying. Here's the question. Should I say, forget it, God? I don't believe in you anymore. It's all a joke anyways. What should you do? Ask yourself this question. How big is your God? I think sometimes people view God in three varying sizes. You know, it's like your coffee at your favorite coffee place. There's a regular cup, right? It's regular. It's a regular-sized God. And there's those who say, I believe God can do it. Now, that's a good place to start. All things are possible with God. I believe God can. That's the regular size, the small size. But then maybe you have a bigger God. We call him maybe medium or large. Everybody's got a different name for this one. There's any number of words to describe that imply bigger. And that's where many churchgoers live. 
Not only do I believe that God can answer this prayer, but I believe He will answer my prayer. Now, these are people whose faith can easily be destroyed. I believe that He will, but He didn't. Why not? This isn't fair. He must not be real, and if He is, He must not be good. Because you've got a medium-sized God, a God that you not only believe can, but you believe will. But then there is a third one. Now, this is a big God. And it says, even if he doesn't, I still believe. Now, that's the God that I read about in the Bible. The God who knew you before you were even born. The God who exists outside of time. The God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The God who knows the end before the beginning even starts. When you know that God, you don't just believe that he will, but you believe even if he doesn't. I still believe. You believe in a God who is working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You believe him when everything else goes against you and it goes against what you believe. When everything that you see is going in the wrong direction, you still believe in him. It's just like the three Hebrew young men when they were about to be thrown into the fire and in the book of Daniel tells us the story. And these young men said, the God we serve is able to save us. That is the regular-sized God. And he will rescue us from your hand. That's the medium-sized God. He will do it. But even if he does not, we will not serve your gods. We will still believe. Now that is a big God. Why is God not answering your prayers? Well, maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe you don't really believe. Or maybe God has something better. But the question is, how big is your God? If God would answer one prayer, any prayer that you prayed, what would it be? What's the biggie in your life? Some of you, you put it aside and you have stopped believing. You've stopped even praying for that. Maybe there's someone that you love is not a Christian. You've prayed for a long time. You said it's not ever going to happen. You need to put it aside and bring it back to God today. Maybe there's someone that you love is sick and you've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Maybe you've lost someone before. Well, God can't do it or he won't do it and you just leave it aside. You need to bring it back to him today. Maybe there's broken relationships. Maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe there's some kind of physical miracle needed. Remember that all things are possible with God. And you're expecting God to answer at any moment. But even if he doesn't, you've got to know, I still believe. Maybe you've got something big and you want to take it to God today. To many of those prayers, he's going to say yes. To some of you, he'll love you enough to say no. To others of you, it might be, wait, hang tight. It's not time yet. But at the end of the day, I pray that you believe even more than ever before in his goodness. And let me tell you that there is one 100% guaranteed yes prayer. And that prayer is, Jesus, save me. I need you. I can't do it without you, God. Acts 2.21 says, 
And everyone, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, God's Son, Jesus, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You pray that prayer. Jesus, forgive me. All your sins will be forgiven. You will be brand new. You will be filled with the Spirit of God. And God will answer that prayer today, this minute, this second. Lord Jesus, I call on your name right now. Save me. Let me bring us together in prayer to God. God, today we want to experience you as you are, believing all things are possible with you. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of prayer. We come to you by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you that we can communicate with you and that you hear us and speak to us if we're only willing to listen. We praise and worship you, giving you the honor that you deserve. We also realize that we are not in control of this life, and we need you active in our lives. So please hear our requests, our needs and desires, both personal and on behalf of those we love. Lord Jesus, we especially thank you for Janessa being with us for these next few months. You've provided her for, to us for a short period of time to work with children and youth. May you provide her with wisdom and guidance as she learns her role and provides help in these areas. I pray for the moms and dads and grandparents in our congregation. We all need wisdom and strength. We need guidance from the Holy Spirit to be the kind of parents we should be. What an awesome responsibility to be entrusted with little lives to nurture and mold and do our best to help them to become what you have planned for their lives. As a congregation, we pray for divine wisdom and patience and long-suffering and endurance. Help us to be loving and caring. Jesus, we pray for the little children, the babies and toddlers in our families. As a church, we have the privilege and responsibility to help train them in these formative years, and we want to do our very best. We pray for those that are working with them and interacting with them week after week here at the church. We pray for our youth, who are even now a vital part of our church and the ministry of our church. Their goals and values and their futures are being determined largely during these critical years. They watch us and what we do as individuals and as a church. What they see in the adults of their lives helps to determine who and what they are becoming. They face pressures and temptations every day, and so we pray that they will be strong and that they will be faithful to you. We pray for the needs of our people this morning. We all came to church expecting to meet with you and receive help for our particular needs. Lord, please look down deep inside each of us and understand the cares, the burdens, the hurts, the problems and perplexities that are there. We need you. We need you right now as we're praying. We lift up our hearts to you for your individual touch and the assurance that you are with us, that you know and that you care. Thank you, Lord, for being right here right now. Holy Spirit, Help us to surrender to your will for our lives. We pray for our community and our nation. We desperately need you and your intervention in our affairs. We pray for all those in authority over us. Put your thoughts into their hearts and minds. May we be revived as a nation and seek your face. We pray for our new pastor 
whoever he may be. Give wisdom and guidance to the search committee as they interview and research with the information that they have. God, reveal to us your will so that we will know how to pray and give us the faith to pray for the big things, the impossible things, the things that are truly part of your plans for our lives and the furtherance of your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Carmen's going to come and give us our...